You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, thank you again so much for listening to season three of Literally. I'm so happy to be back with y'all and doing our second solo episode of the season. So thank you again. Just so appreciative of the support you've showed to Rachel and I. So thank you for being here, for listening, and for giving her so much love. So this episode we're going to talk about mindset. Um, I uh, I titled it like mindset over everything because that was a, a hot topic that Rachel and I had talked about. And it's something I wanted to be able to explain a little bit further, um, you know, in the coaching uh, sessions. I'm just giving you little clips of why I'm saying what I'm saying and doing what I'm doing, but I want to be able to go deeper here. I'm going to explore some of the mindset concepts that we've addressed so far this season. We're going to talk about you know, mindset work being more important than working in the business and my thoughts on that. We're going to talk about the coaching question that I love for diving deeper. We're going to talk about the different levels of detachment. And then finally, we're going to talk about how caretaking shows up for so many women in business. So there is just so much goodness that has come up and I want to make sure you guys fully understand it, that we don't just, you know, gloss over any of it and that you can really use these lessons to apply to your own life and business because I really, really believe that this is where the results are. And, you know, it's also the thing that is so easy to skip over, right? So even in listening to literally or say you listen to the Do the Work series, like it's so easy to almost be like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. That's true. That's amazing. And like, I need to go get some shit done, (laughs) right? Um, We've all been there. I totally, totally get it. But I really want this episode to reinforce for you how important actually putting this into action is, how important actually looking at these things are going to be for you and your business. If you're you know, brand new and are struggling to get that first client, or if you're really far along and you're ready for that next level of success, like mindset is going to be the thing that gets you there. And when you do the mindset, everything gets easier from there. So it doesn't mean you don't do the tasks. It just means the tasks are so simple when the mind is in the right place. So we're going to dive into all of that today. I think this is going to be a really useful episode and Typically in the solo episodes, I don't speak as directly to what's been going on in the coaching, but I am going to this time because I think that um, we can use all of the different conversation points that Rachel and I have as really good teaching tools. So thank you again for being here and let's dive in. So the first thing I want to talk about is why I told Rachel to pick mindset over posting, right? And how, you know, how that really is something interesting (laughs) for many people to hear, I think. And I think that it can almost feel a little eye-rollish or a little bit woo. And, you know, I'm definitely woo, so there's nothing wrong with that. But especially for my high performers, high achievers listening, that can feel like such a hell no moment, right? Like we want to get stuff done. We want to check stuff off our list. We want to do the things that we think are going to move us forward. But here's why I said that. And this is really, really, really important. Because when you get the mindset right, everything else gets easy, 
okay? I cannot say that enough. When you get the mindset right, everything else gets easy. When your mindset is in the right place, you can bang out a post in 10 minutes, okay? When your mindset says, I have to get it perfect, I have to get it right, there's all this pressure, I need people to hire me, all of this stuff, suddenly a post takes a freaking hour, okay? I'm not saying there's never specific things strategy-wise that can help you around posting, but nine times out of 10, if it's taking you a long time and you're struggling with it, it's not because like you don't know the structure of a post. It's because your head is in a place that says, whatever, this is important. I can't get this wrong. I have to get this perfect. I have to do this right. And it slows us down considerably, (laughs) okay? So the reason we would take mindset over posting is because if you can nail that mindset, all of a sudden you're like, well, I had 10 minutes and I banged out a post and I put on Instagram. That's what starts to happen, okay? And this is why when people are so much uh, further along or have been doing mindset work for a really long time, they're so quick to be like, business is so easy. Business is so easy. Business is so easy. And so often we kind of feel like that's bullshit or we want to eye roll it, but it's like, that's why. Because when you have the evidence and the mindset in place, it really does become easy. The tasks really do get simpler. They get faster and there's so much less pressure. I could write a week's worth of content in like 35 minutes at this point (laughs) because my mindset around it is so strong. And I'm not like, oh my gosh, will people like this? Will they not like this? What will this mean? What will that mean? Will people be upset by like, it just isn't a thing, right? And again, of course I have practice and all of those other things and I'm not trying to discount those, but I'm just saying that no matter how much practice you get, if you're still putting that pressure on for it to be perfect every time, no matter how much strategy you have, if you're still um, telling yourself those stories that people will be upset with you or that it's not safe to be visible or whatever it is, none of that matters. Literally none of it matters. Okay. So I really want this to hit home, which is quite simply, you could spend an hour trying to craft a post, or you could spend 30 minutes getting your head in the right spot and 10 minutes crafting the post. Okay. Really take that in. That's super, super important. This is why I can tell you, like, again, listen to the Do the Work series on here, that so many of my clients are, when I ask them in that series, like, what role, you know, how big of a role did mindset play in your success? They're saying pretty much all of it. And that's why, because when you have the solid mindset, the steps get so simple. The steps get so easy. If the steps are feeling really hard, what we tend to do is look for way more strategy, okay? Or we think it's something else like time or whatever. And you guys know I did a whole solo episode on time. Again, I'm not saying it's not relevant. I'm just saying it's secondary. Okay. So this is why I told Rachel, if you only have X amount of time, pick mindset every single time. Because what I know for sure will happen is that as she picks mindset more and more and more, the other steps will almost happen naturally. They'll come so easy. She'll be like, well, I had 10 minutes while the baby was, you know, sleeping or whatever. And so I just wrote this great post. That's the stuff that happens when you start focusing on the mindset. So if you are someone that, you know, is always kind of putting mindset off because you're too busy or whatever that is, 
I promise you mindset is the thing that can make you less busy (laughs) because if you nail it, all the other tasks get so simple, right? Someone was asking me recently, like, how long does it take me to prep for solo podcast episodes? And I was like, uh, I don't know, five minutes. <laughs> um, and they were like, no freaking way. Like, it takes me so long. How is it that short for you? And it really is the mindset. I don't have some secret strategy to prepping five minutes. It's just that I trust that I'll get on here and it will be great. And you guys will hear what you need. And that's that. Like, the mindset is in the right place. So the specific steps are simple, you know? Okay, cool. So that's that. Mindset over everything (laughs) is basically the gist there. But seriously, if you're struggling with posting, if you're struggling with getting visible or whatever else that might be in your business, try a week of, fine, don't even do that thing. Just do mindset work on that and watch how your actions will transform from there. Okay. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is um, the coaching question I asked Rachel, which was, whose love did you crave more growing up, your mom's or your dad's? Um, And then who did you have to be to get it? I think that that is such a, like, a cheesy coaching question. And in some ways, like, it almost feels like, oh, my gosh, eye roll. Of course, we're going to, like, blame the past and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I believe it's a Tony Robbins question. Like, I think that exact wording is Tony Robbins wording. But, of course, that, that concept is very, very deep in a lot of, like, the therapy world and modalities used there and stuff like that. So, you know, that's very broadly applicable, let's say, but I just want to be specific in saying that I believe that exact wording is from Tony Robbins. But again, like that concept of like what happened when you were younger, what role you played in your family, that is, you know, just embedded throughout so much of therapy, throughout so much of um, really like deeper levels of coaching, And the reason it's so important is because it really does matter. And I think that, you know, there's so many of us that almost feel very annoyed by that, right? Like I've heard so many um, things like, you know, I hate therapy because it blames your parents for everything, (laughs) right? And I just want to be super clear. The point is not to blame. The point is to understand. We all take on roles in our families. There is no one that gets out of that. You know what I mean? Like there, like no one was like, oh, I had no role <laughs> in my family. I'm just a blank slate. Nobody has that. We all have that no matter how amazing our parents were, no matter how great our childhood was. We all had roles we played. And so this isn't a blame game. This is an understanding game. And the more that you understand how you were conditioned when you were younger, the more you understand your actions now. We absolutely cannot pretend that 18 years of your life put no permanent marker programming in. That is legitimately not even close to scientifically how the brain works, right? So even being able to be like, well, that was a long time ago. That doesn't matter. Like, I'm not, you know, still living with my parents. What is the relevance? There's huge relevance, huge, 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 huge relevance. Again, Without the blame, but being able to look at it from a space of neutrality of like, of course, this was the role I played. That makes so much sense. If I played it for 18 years, the likelihood that I'm still playing it is probably pretty freaking high, right? And again, it doesn't even mean that you have to stop playing that role. It just means the awareness of it is really useful. And then you can decide if it still serves you or not. That's a really important question. Does that role still serve me or not? 
right? What we're seeing with Rachel is that a lot of the role she played was caretaker, and it's really not serving her in her business right now. Great. That doesn't mean it was wrong for her to play caretaker. That doesn't mean it was wrong for her to take on that role. It's just not serving her currently, and so we get to shift that. Do you see what I mean there? I think the reason this question is triggering for a lot of people is because it feels like we're making everything that happened in the past wrong. And I just want to be so abundantly clear that that is not the intention. The intention is to understand that the past always and inevitably affects our brains, which impacts our future. And so the more we look at this and get clear about it, the more we can decide if this is a role we want to continue to take on or not. And that is empowering, right? Hey, this once served me, now it doesn't. This isn't something I choose to take on anymore, and this is what I want to shift. Oh my gosh, like there's so much power in that. When you don't see it, though, you're so much more likely to be trapped in it. When you're like, no, it has nothing to do with how I grew up. That's nothing, whatever, and you're pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, right? Real hard (laughs) to actually see it, to actually shift it, and to actually feel empowered around it. So when you can ask yourself that, I just want you to ask it from a really neutral place, right? And like I I had – I feel like I had an amazing, amazing relationship with my parents. I had a beautiful childhood, and I can answer that question exactly, and I know so much of my patterns came from that answer, okay? That does not invalidate an amazing childhood. That simply speaks to the fact that yeah, that makes sense why I have control issues right now. You know what I mean? And that's totally okay. But since I can see that, I've been able to handle them in my life so much more effectively because I have eyes on it. So in asking Rachel that question, she had an awareness that she's never had before, which is like, oh my gosh, of course, like I had to do all this caretaking and I'm doing it in my business now and I'm sabotaging myself because of it. That awareness can change everything. I really cannot stress this enough because then you will notice how it's showing up in so many places and then you can really decide to change it. But also, how do I want to say this? Like, so knowing where it's coming from is really helpful because like for me, when I can be like, oh, that's coming from like when I was five, I don't need to act that out right now. It feels so much better because I have a reason, I have explanation, right? When I don't have that explanation, I'm so quick to to jump into that pattern. Does that make sense? When I can see, oh, I feel like this because of this thing that happened a long time ago, I feel a lot more of a door open to shifting it. When I feel like, oh my God, I feel this thing and I don't know why I feel this thing and it's so important to like, you know, handle it. There's intensity, there's not an open door, there's a high likelihood that I'm going to act that pattern out, right? So I really want you guys to take the time this week, if you're listening to this, to ask yourself that question and to notice how that plays out. So it's whose love did you crave more growing up, your mom's or your dad's, okay? And then who did you have to be to get it? I'll tell you I have had clients that have had all different answers to that. It's interesting because I think that it so deeply impacts our business. So I'll give you an example. But one of my clients um, answered that and basically said, um, you know, it was her dad. And her answer was, oh, my God, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. 
And what's so interesting is she is someone that has had the pattern of always trying to quote unquote refigure things out in her business, never knowing, feeling like she's getting it right, changing strategies all the time, always trying the new shiny object. Well, that makes a ton of sense. If you never feel like you knew how to get approval or get it right, and you always were trying different things to get it, you're playing that exact pattern out in your business, right? Isn't that so interesting and helpful to see? Don't get me wrong. It's not without frustration, but (laughs) there is a lot of freedom in being able to see that because then what happens is it stops being about the business. And this is what I work with clients on all the time. When it stops being about the business, you are so much more likely to grow your business. (laughs) So what I mean by that is now she can go, oh my God. I'm not changing strategies all the time because I actually can't pick a strategy. I'm changing strategies all the time because I grew up for 18 years. Shit, way plus that at this point, right? I grew up my whole life not knowing how to get it right. And so the likelihood that I feel like I'm getting it right in my business is slim, but it has nothing to do with the business. Like, is that mind-blowing? My control stuff, y'all, has nothing to do with my business. (laughs) And as soon as I realize that, it helps me not sabotage the business. It helps me make neutral and strategic decisions in my business. And that is why doing this mindset work is so damn important. Because if not, all of your mindset issues will be playing out in your business constantly and you won't be making those strategic decisions. You'll be making the decision to handle the mindset or to deal with the mindset pattern at play. Okay. So that was just one example. You've seen um, Rachel's example. I know I've shared mine um, in different ways, but this is it. This question is so important. Please ask yourself it this week. Journal on it. Talk to a friend about it. Talk to your coach about it if you have one. This question is so transformative. Okay. To be clear, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of anything else Tony Robbins related or not. I actually really don't follow him very much. So um, I'm not like co-signing everything he teaches, but I'm saying this one question is really, really powerful. Um, Okay, cool. So the next thing I want to talk about, which is very much related to this, which is how our core issues really show up everywhere and why that's so important. So the example I just gave of the client who had that experience growing up and had that playing out in her business, she also plays that out in a lot of other areas like dating and relationships, okay? So um, she always feels like she can't get it right in relationships. She's always, you know, in a position where she feels like she's guessing. She always feels like she can't be herself. She's always trying to almost like chameleon herself to the person she's with, trying to guess all of this stuff, right? That is totally equated to how she's doing her business, which is totally equated to the pattern in which she grew up in. Again, so annoying, but so helpful to see. So I'll use myself as an example here, but, um, See, I get like bored using myself because I feel like y'all have heard this before, but it's fine. So my answer is that I crave my mom's love and who I had to be was perfect. So I really grew up with a lot of control stuff. And like, listen, my my mom is an amazing mom. She loved me so, so, so much and continues to be like an incredible, incredible mother. 
But that, that was just the role. That was the thing. I was an only child and there's a lot of focus on me and my behavior and how I was showing up in the world, right? And so I really felt a, a need and, and some some of it being self-imposed, of course, to be as, you know, perfect and, you know, in control as possible. And so I think that that has impacted so much of my life in the sense that every challenge I have can be tied almost directly to wanting to be in control. Okay. But when I say impacted, I don't necessarily mean like, oh my God, it's ruined my life. I just mean like that's the pattern I tend to play out. Okay. And it shows up everywhere. It showed up in my relationships. It showed up in my business. It showed up in, um, you know, how I have other relationships, how I take care of myself, all of these things. So once I realized that and once I saw that everywhere, so much healing occurred for me because I was able to go nine times out of 10, I'm having a control issue, not an X issue, meaning like not a business issue, not a relationship issue, not a um, you know life issue. Like I'm having a control issue and how can I handle it? And here's the magic. Once I started getting better and better at separating that out and managing my need for control, which, you know, just is what makes me feel safe, right? Um, And I started resourcing myself more and learning tools for handling that and creating my own um, safety. Oh my God, everything has gotten easier. Everything in my life is easier. When I'm feeling stressed in my business, I can just ask myself, like, would this be different if I felt safe and in control? Guess what? (laughs) The answer is almost always yes. And then I can be like, interesting. Okay, so let me go take care of that and then I'll handle this business issue. That is so important, okay? Because if not, I would be trying to garner my feelings of safety and control through my business and I would be making stupid ass business decisions, (laughs) right? I would be trying to control everything about my clients, everything about my team, everything about the content we put out and how it's received and whatever. And that would absolutely sabotage my business. So the point is your core issue is probably showing up everywhere, And this is what's really important to see that I think a lot of people miss in mindset work is almost kind of like, you know, the the more shadow side of it, like to to use a Carl Jung term. I I really do believe there is a huge, huge space for journaling, affirmations, all of those things. And I recommend it to my clients all the time. But without this, I think the affirmations are shallow. So if I'm not affirming that like – I feel safe and I don't have to control everything and whatever. And I'm just affirming like everything works out perfectly for me. I'm kind of missing the point because I still am not going to have those things working out and feeling really good if I don't feel safe or like I don't have to control everything. Does that make sense? So the the rep- the repetition of affirmations to reprogram your brain is really, really useful and important. But if you're not using it to change old patterns, to look at core issues, to affirm new stories around that core issue, it will be probably way more ineffective. <laughs> And this is what I think is interesting because a lot of people kind of tend to take one stance or the other. They're like, affirmations are so stupid and da-da-da. You have to do all this other deep work. Or they're like, 
screw all the that stuff, just affirm it and it will come. And I am really a big believer that it's both. Like you should be doing repetitive affirmations around your core issue to help you shift that, to help you heal it, to help you process it. There's a ton of other things you can do there too, coaching, therapy, et cetera, right? But I say that to, to give you a starting point in that if you are someone who is waking up to this, who is noticing that core issue for themselves, who is seeing it play out everywhere, what you got to do is reprogram it, okay? Sometimes awareness isn't the only thing that matters. It's certainly the first and most important step. But the second piece is how are you changing it? How are you reprogramming it? And how are you taking actions in a different direction, So, for example, with control, I have to reprogram that all the time, right? And then I have to take actions in a different direction. So when I want to latch on and be super controlling, my work is to surrender literally through my actions, right? Um, If some – like the other client that I use as an example that's like always chasing the shiny object or whatever, her work is to affirm that she's getting it right and then to stop chasing the shiny object, But do you see how that kind of work could make so much of a difference? And then once you do that and you're at that baseline where you're really starting to reprogram that, it's amazing how much everything else gets easier. It's amazing how strategic you can be in your business. It's amazing how fast you can execute on things. It's also amazing how fast you can manifest things because there aren't as many mindset issues standing in the way of that. So really pay attention from that question. What is the core issue that's showing up for you? How is it showing up everywhere? And what would be different? So the question I always ask myself, and you can input whatever your core issue is, would this be different if I felt blank? So a lot of my clients have enoughness. Would this be different if I felt enough? Ask yourself that. In every situation, every time you're feeling triggered, every time it's feeling intense, every time you're wanting to um, take that same old action in your business, that question will point you in a new direction and it will be so powerful. Okay, cool. So the next thing I want to talk about is the two levels of detachment that Rachel and I had talked about. And I just want to be able to explain that a little bit more for you guys here because I think it's a really important concept. Personally, I have seen detachment be maybe the most important work I've done in my business and in large part because I can be so controlling. It's really, really been an effort. Um, So I just want to say that because I think that it's like, oh, detach, sure, whatever. That sounds like some bullshit. You know, like how would I even do that? Well, let me be clear. Like it's some effort. Like it takes a lot of effort for me to release, to detach, to not make everything mean something. But that work has served me so, 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 so much in my business compared to the work of trying to control or fix or force, okay? So when we talk about detachment, what we're really talking about is that there are two levels. So level one of detachment, in my opinion, this is like totally my own thought creation. (laughs) So um, this is just my take, by the way. So level one, in my opinion, is that you're kind of like, fuck it, I don't care. 
So we can kind of get to this place and with different things. Like, fuck it, I don't care if anyone comments on my posts. Like, I don't care if, you know, people are on my live stream today, whatever. You know, that sometimes that's an open door, okay? To get to the like, screw it, I don't care place, that can be a really helpful open door. That's maybe level one. And if you're really, really struggling with detachment, that's a good place to start as practice. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter if somebody likes my post today. Like really leaning into like not making that so important. Because what we tend to do is go, if nobody likes my post, it means my content sucks. And if my content sucks, it means I suck. And if I suck, it means that my business sucks and I'll never be successful. You see what I mean? Disaster. If you can just be like, it doesn't matter if anybody likes my post today. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. You stop making 30 levels of meaning after that, and that's a really good open door. But the next level of detachment, like I think like more of like the master level, let's say, um, that I really try to practice is I'm so certain that I don't care. So what I mean by that is I'm so certain that I will be successful that I don't care if someone comments on my post today. I'm so certain I'm going to be full with clients that it doesn't matter if people show up to my live stream. That is where you're so locked in on an outcome, you don't care about the specifics of how it happens. Okay, so level one is like, you're just like, I literally just don't care. <laughs> level two is like, I care so much and am so clear that I don't care about the process. Okay, so again, like you can see if you're like, I am, let's use the example of like, I get full with clients. If you're really locked in on that, what we tend to do in business is make everything a check mark in the yes or no box for if it seems like that's happening. So you're like, I am going to be full with clients, but people didn't comment on my post today. So that's probably not going to happen. And here's why. Right. And we're making all of these small correlations all day long. Like, Everything that happens, like whether somebody said something good about you or something bad or they commented or they didn't or whatever, you're making it mean so much. You're creating so much meaning and you're getting so, so, so attached to every little thing that happens. It is so damn hard to create success that way, you guys, like the hardest. (laughs) So that's why being able to let go really opens things up for you when you can be like, I know I'm getting clients, so it doesn't matter if someone comments today. Again, to go back to what we were saying at the beginning, you'll just do the work faster. It will get easier. You'll feel better. Your day won't be as stressful. I could go on and on. But ultimately, your energy will be way better, and you're 10 times more likely to get the result at that point. Every single time I see clients really fully get to level two and detach, it is wild what comes into you know their uh, their experience so fast. When I see clients that are so attached to it has to be this and it has to look this way and it has to be in this time frame, it just doesn't come very often. And if it does, it feels super miserable and super stressful. <laughs> Okay, so I really want you to practice with that. Again, level one detachment isn't bad. It's an open door. But if you can get that door open, then you can really play with level two, right? Which is, I know I'm going to be successful, so I don't care what it looks like. Every path is going to have peaks and valleys and bumps and twists and turns. That's the path. That's not deviation from the path. But if you can still stay locked in on the outcome, and don't make all those peaks and valleys and twists and turns mean anything, you will get the outcome. If every one of those 
peaks, valleys, twists, turns means that you're likely to not get it, you're going to get off track real quick. So really want you to think about that in your own experience and pay attention to that. Like, how can you get really locked in on the outcome and stop making those daily check marks? Stop making that mean anything and really work on that detachment. Cool. Okay, I know (laughs) these concepts are all slightly disjointed, but they're so important. So really try to put each into practice. I'll review them one more time at the end. But the last thing I want to talk about is the specific issue that Rachel is experiencing, which is caretaking, because I see that become such a big thing for so many women. So you guys know I have a sales mastermind for value-centered sales, and um, I see caretaking being one of the things that women are most challenged with in terms of getting better at sales and creating more success. We're so used to trying to mind read everyone else's feelings, right? And then act accordingly so we can take care of them. That we tend to do that in sales. We tend to do that in business. Like how can I read the mind of my audience and then write a post so that it serves them just enough, but doesn't trigger them too much and does this and does that. And like, we're trying to infer all of these things and take care of the whole situation, right? Because it's just what a lot of us naturally do as women, but it can be so, so difficult in sales because we're not able to actually fully sell then because we're trying to be mind readers, <laughs> right? We're trying to be like, oh, they said this one thing that maybe kind of meant they didn't want me to sell. And so da da da. And we are just trapped, right? We are completely trapped in our caretaking tendency. And so something that I um, always talk about in value centered sales is how. Your job in sales is to remember that you're a terrible mind reader, okay? And what I mean by that is you've only talked to this person for a very short amount of time. Assume you cannot read their mind and stop trying to caretake it like you can, right? And I know so many people are going to be like, no, but I'm such a good read of people. I can't. No, you can't. I'm telling you, you cannot. I'm an excellent read of people too, and I have been wrong a freaking ton in the sales process. I remember having a call with a discovery call with one of my current clients. And after it, I told Kenny, I was like, oh, I I think she hated me. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but like, I, I, I'll be open to it. She signed up with me the next day, right? Like we are terrible mind readers. And so we have to take the mind reading portion off the table, which allows us to step back from caretaking a little. Like if I can't read your mind, I can't you know, pretend to caretake you. If you tell me something directly, like, hey, I don't like it how you're saying that or this or whatever, of course I can be responsive to that. But I can't be a mind reader. So if you're really struggling with um, the caretaking piece, I, I hope that that gives you a little bit of perspective there of just reminding yourself, like, I'm not a mind reader, so I'm going to just move forward with this process. I'm going to make the pitch. And if someone doesn't like it, they can tell me. And of course, I'm going to act accordingly, you know, and support them. But I have to stop pretending like I know what they want, I know what they need, and that it's my job to caretake the whole process. Okay, I have to start assuming there are empowered adults on the other side of that sales process in my audience, et cetera, who can speak up for themselves on what feels good and what doesn't. They're not three-year-olds, right? We do not have to fully caretake that. 
And so I just really wanted to make note of that because I think that it's really easy to fall into that trap, especially if you're a mom, especially if you're used to caretaking littles all day. And I'm not trying to say that you're treating your audience like toddlers, but you're treating it like your job is to read their mind. And it's not. Your job is absolutely to decide that you have an empowered adult on the other end of this conversation and then to act accordingly, right? So you are not a mind reader. You do not have to be, and it is not your job to caretake your people or your audience. I just really wanted to end with that. Obviously, there's a lot more to do there, and Rachel and I will certainly be diving into that more, and that's certainly something you could bring to your own coaching or therapy experience um, to chat through as well, but just wanted to give that perspective because we see it coming up so much here um, and really invite you to look at if that's happening for you and how you can kind of restructure that pattern a little bit. Okay, so... Let me just recap. I know that was kind of a lot, but let's talk about some of the big takeaways that you can use this week. So the first thing we talked about was picking mindset over other tasks in your business. So the the action step for you there this week and the takeaway is where am I pushing mindset to the side when I could be doing mindset work and then doing a task much more easily and much more quickly? And how can I rework my schedule to make time for that, right? The next one was to ask yourself that coaching question, which was whose love did you crave more growing up, your mom's or your dad's, and who did you have to be to get that love, right? The third step for you to take away is to look at how that core issue is showing up for you everywhere. Pay attention to it. Get familiar with it. Be looking for it, and then be willing to ask yourself that question, how would this be different if I felt blank? as it relates to your core issue. Cool. The next step is looking at detachment and where you are very, very, very attached and making those check boxes like, yes, this means it's going to work. No, it doesn't. All of that kind of stuff. And where you can let go of that a little bit and just get locked in on the outcome, right? And then the last one is specifically for you if you are in caretaking mode, but really it's applicable to anyone, which is remember that in the sales process, you are not a mind reader. You do not have to be. Your job is to treat your audience and to treat the people in your sales process like empowered adults. So you get to do that all this week. If you can, break it up into pieces if you need to. Um, But those five things are really, really, really helpful mindset hacks that will make a tremendous difference in your life. Like I know for sure that these exact things in terms of detachment and core issues um, and putting mindset work first are some of the biggest things that help my clients blow up really fast. You guys know that a lot of my clients have really quick success um, and I attribute it entirely to this kind of work. So if you're quick to kind of blow this off, I really want this to be an invitation for you to rethink that because when you start handling some of this stuff, all of the other stuff in business gets so damn easy, you guys. I promise this is what we mean when we say like, let it be easy. Things can be easy. Business gets easier. This is it. This is the whole thing. So I hope this episode was helpful to you guys. Again, thank you so much for your support of Literally and for listening to season three. I hope you all have a beautiful week. 
Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.